Good morning, everyone, wherever you're at, greeting. Today's Dharma talk is titled Equanimity, Equanimity, Equanimity. The Sanskrit is Upeksha, Pali is Upeka, I believe, Upeksha. And it's the last of the four immeasurables or the four limitless ones or the four Brahma Viharas or abode of the gods. So I just want to talk about the last one. The first, uh, the first three are also important, but are a little bit more direct. Not a lot to say about those particularly, but there's a lot to say about that last one. So let's all say these. This is something we do every day. We do before meals. We do it other times so we can all do this together. May all beings enjoy happiness and the root of happiness. May they be free from suffering and the root of suffering. May they not be separated from the great happiness devoid of suffering. May they dwell in the great equanimity that is free from passion, aggression, and prejudice. So, um, so loving kindness, metta, maitri, is uh, is described as active uh, goodwill towards others, just goodwill. Compassion is the next one. A karuna uh, is identifying with the suffering of others. Simply put, and these are produced. You're actually, you begin this by producing this. These are all something you produce. You produce that empathetic joy or uh, sympathy uh, is um, mudita. Feeling of joy, uh, even though you did not produce that joy for others or promote it, just that others are happy is good thing. The last one, equanimity or upeksha, is uh, what I want to talk about today. And I can we can talk about the other ones if you like, but let's start out with equanimity. I didn't even look at the definition of that because I'm going to define it. If you want the standard definition, you can go look it up. Equanimity, a balance seems to be necessary to look at the imbalance. The tendency is for us to want to, when we see something out of balance, to want to change it, shape it, passion, aggression, and ignorance. We want to get rid of it, aggression. We want to explain it or define it or uh, write a book of philosophy about the nature of equanimity. Concepts, 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 concepts. We need them. They need us to keep going, but they will eat you alive unless you understand what you're dealing with, unless you understand the nature of concepts. So the idea of even-mindedness even or balance or however you want to talk about that, in order to even look at that or do that, you need to look at it. And looking at it is not easy, as we know, especially if we uh, seeing in ourselves is hard enough, but we can usually cover that up. Have you noticed how you can just cover up your own lack of balance? How just Distract yourself. Go do something else. Or blame someone for how you're feeling or what's happening. Or on uh, the other aspect of a passion is to explain, define, describe, lecture yourself about it so that you can, what, be someone else. Please don't bother to be someone else. If you're listening to me, you're ready to be who you are. And that may be not so balanced. From your point of view, <clears throat> a simple, uh, maybe a metaphor example would be you have uh, um, three friends, four friends, six acquaintances, and a couple of enemies. 
You know, lots of different people. If you look, if you just scan through the people that you've talked about in the last uh, few weeks, few months, or whatever it may be, and these days it might be quite a bit different than it would have been six months ago. But you'll notice there, uh, even if it's Sangha members of people in the meditation community, you'll notice that there's some you really like to be around, some you prefer to avoid, and others that you, you don't care one way or another. They're kind of uh, bland or not particularly interesting. Very difficult to observe that and not want to cover it up or change it, especially when we start to get in and into our own mind, which we do by the sitting practice of meditation, shikantaza, just precisely this, just precisely that wall, just precisely whatever thought that arises, just precisely whatever anger or whatever discontent or whatever uh, imbalance is seen. Do nothing with it. Observe the imbalance. To actually see the imbalance without concluding, without excluding, and without distracting. This is Upeksha, because there's no one left there. There's no one who is balancing anything. There's just consciousness only. It's, it won't be a conclusion. You will have no credential. You won't come out of that with a gold star. No one will notice it. No one will notice that you're no longer separating yourself. From anything, that everything, to use the fancy, highfalutin, ramped up word, which I'm going to use anyway, because I think you should consider it, everything is sacred. The most terrible, evil activity is sacred from the point of view of reality, which is what? No point of view. This doesn't mean you ignore someone who is, uh, because of their intense suffering and pain, is covering that suffering and pain up by torturing others doesn't mean you ignore that. It means you see deeply, you've been, you've been looking into this human being that you've been gifted with, shall we say. You've been looking into this and seeing there's no way out of this. You have to go in. You have to go in. If you go out, this is what, as Dogen said in the 13th century, to go out towards the dharmas is a, a delusion. And to when the, allow the dharmas to come to you is awakening might take some work. We're so quick to jump to the otherness, the otherness, uh, the duality part of our perception, which looks like it looks like it's you know, self-validating. Uh, you have a thought, and of course it's real, because uh, it's backed up by something that's moving across the room, someone that's taking an action, someone that is speaking. It's validated by your particular, or mine, particular uh lamination of the interior feelings and emotions and thoughts and memories onto something that is apparently what separate some other being some other person pretty hard to stop doing that uh, watching it and watching and observing it and seeing it sometimes can take us down so we feel more and more having more difficulty and not really getting anywhere my meditation not going so well i'm feeling more and more like i suck i'm terrible at this I see other people seem to be doing pretty well, and I'm not doing so good. To see that and don't accept it, don't reject it, and don't look away, do nothing with it. Upeksha. You won't get a gold star telling you that you're, uh, you're practicing the fourth of the four Brahma Viharas. You won't get a credential for that. You might get a little credential for the first three because people tend to see that. You can't do balance 
you are balanced. You can do a little bit of loving kindness that may show up on the radar screen of others. But even that is also unproduced. Anupadaka. I believe that's the Sanskrit. Is that correct, Shisho? I have a thumbs up from Chisho. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so Anupadaka, Upeksha, Anupadaka, Anupadaka. This applies, to, of course, to all of this, the paramitas also. It's unproduced. You're unproduced. You're not produced. Who you are, who you are has not come from anywhere. This body-mind comes up and and your Buddha nature is aligned with it if you want to use some kind of individual way of talking about it. But it is unproduced. When you find out your true nature, you can't die. You've never been born. Don't believe it. Don't believe anything. Believe nothing. Start with your own thought patterns. Sit down, hold still, look at the wall for three or four hours, five hours, and see and practice. Anything that arises, don't believe it, don't disbelieve it, and don't ignore it. There's your practice in a proverbial coconut shell. Everyone is valuable. Unproduced. Unproduced. Nothing is produced. I'm not saying we can't, as I was saying earlier, that we can't be uh, kind, that we can't be uh, compassionate or have sympathy or empathy, of course, but those are things we do. Peksha, pretty hard to do that one because you have to look at the, the contrast. You have to look at the contrast showing up out here and in your mind, the validation or, or uh, uh, the connection, the loving uh, attraction or the, the disenchantment that happens with the mental processes. Just observe, just be a passenger. If you see, if you have several people, as I was saying earlier, friends, enemies, acquaintances, however you want to look at it, people with different levels of uh, attraction or repulsion or whatever, abandonment, use uh, strong words there. Uh, do nothing with that. Watch, observe that. Don't try to stop the negative end and, and enhance the positive end, especially with this, the fourth one. I deliberately did not call this the four Brahma Viharas or, or the, uh, the four immeasurables of the four limitless ones, because I don't want people to uh, do stuff and I like to control people. So what am I getting you to do? You just might happen to look up the word equanimity. Those, th those are the people that I want to hear this. The rest of you can do other stuff. If you don't understand what I'm saying, you could ask questions later, not yet. Equanimity, a, a kind of balance that is what? Unproduced. What does that mean? Already the case. Already the case. Three years before you were born. Peksha. 5,000 years ago. Peksha. Your, your birth coming into this and given a name is an illusion. It is illusory. It doesn't mean that it doesn't, isn't solid, that it doesn't hurt, that it doesn't enjoy or delight or love. It just means that it is unreal. It is unproduced. And so the way we would work with that in a, in a more, you could say, a more literal way, uh, you notice that when you're with one person, possibly a Sangha member, probably a, possibly in the meditation community, or someone in your family, or maybe one could be one of your children or one of your, your, your evil uncle. <laughs> Everybody has an evil uncle. 
that you would you would see that you in other words you would you wouldn't push away you wouldn't try to change your emotional reaction but you would observe that you would notice that when you're around this person you notice that because of this person's suffering they are producing things that are covering the suffering up that make it difficult for you to relate to them because they're having so much difficulty with their own mind and you begin to see that because you've been looking at this person you begin to see deeply into the causality the, you could say causality of other people's confusion. We have examples all over the place, especially in the last several years, examples of extreme uh, self-centeredness, narcissism, uh, um, meanness, unkindness, greed. What is the word for greed? Uh, I can't remember it. Can any of you remember that word for greed? You could say grat. Huh? Pardon me. In Sanskrit, it is loba. With an loba. With an L. Yeah, loba. L-O-B-H-A. loba. Thank you. So it's not about getting rid of that. It is about observing it in such a way that not only going this direction, but you get, begin to see deeply the very people who are creating the commotion and the distress, you, you see deeply the dependent origination that's happening there. And you, you could say you've given the benefit of the doubt. You might not enjoy that. You also don't go in with disrespect and try to change them or modify their karma. They have their own karma. You could actually just, uh, the best thing to do might be to pacify that and in a sense, just step away and say, uh, depending on who it is, say, you know, I've got to run. I need to go. But no criticism of them, which just makes them spend more to try to defend themselves against finger pointing. You're not going to help people by interfering with them. You have to meet people in their confusion. And if you have not met yourself in your confusion, without some kind of an agenda about getting improving or getting better or to be this special Buddha or a special awakened person. This is not awakening. This is uh, fancy confusion that might go under the name of awakening. <clears throat> so you would see these three or four or five people and you would see that you would see it but you, you see the contrast. You don't have the addition of they're right and they're wrong. You don't do that. You, what you see is uh, the difficulty that they're all having or the success that they're having. Sometimes someone's incredible success sets them apart because they're so kind. They're so sweet. They're wonderful all the time. They're always in a good mood. Everybody loves them. Lucky them. But that's not the entire story. As you know, we are not separate. And just because you're having a wonderful lifetime in the God realm, maybe someone who never meditates, they're just happy all the time. There are no separate beings. If you think there are, then perhaps you're right. I don't know. I don't have any proof. I don't need proof. I see it. I see it in front of me. I see it behind me. I see it out the window. I see it in my sleep. Am I uh, bragging? Probably. Somebody's got to do it. So what I say is when you look at these different people that I'm kind of sorting out for you, though, the difficult one, the one who's kind of in between, the one who's having some trouble but is doing okay, and the other person that's really, really distressed and 
possibly uh, uh, torturing their family. Be very careful before you attribute blame to anyone. Be very, when I say careful, I'm just be tentative about it. Don't do anything unless you have to. In particular, pointing the finger, blaming. And when you see that the that everyone is sacred, everyone is valuable, even the most dastardly person, you may not be able to help them. It's, you might you might not be able to do anything other than just leave the room. But don't do any collecting. No collecting of uh, evidence that that person's bad and this person's really good and I'm really doing pretty good. Or no congratulations going on. Upeksha, equanimity. In order to see the, in order to, for, the, for there to be equanimity or balance or upeksha or upeksa or upeka or however you want to look at it, happiness. You have to look at the suffering without grasping, rejecting. You have to look at the happiness without grasping or rejecting. And you have to look at the neutrality without grasping or rejecting. No comment. Then everyone, all of your children come into the room. And yes, I said your children. Sometimes it's said in the Buddhist teachings that everyone has been your mother. I'm going to say everyone is your child. Take care of everyone. And that might be leaving them alone so they can experience their life. You could say, um, let their karma take care of it. There doesn't seem to be an interest for you to step in there and say, by the way, this is out of balance. You might want to try this, might want to try that. Don't make any suggestions. Get permission. Any questions if you have them. There's a question from Tanya. How are equanimity and justice related? Well, it depends. It would depend on how you use the the word. The as we see in our culture, we have someone with a blindfold on and holding up a balance, uh, supposedly representing some kind of uh, equanimity by closing off the senses. I would say first, let's take off the blindfold. It's just a misunderstanding based on intense materiality, trying to get good by fighting with bad. It's just about war and peace. I say, don't go to war, don't go to peace. And certainly don't put a blindfold on your eyes or even close your eyes when you meditate. You need to see this. You need to grow up. We can't all be 14 years old forever. Or you have some kind of mother figure, father figure telling you. I'm sure you've noticed, those of you who've been around for a while and had other teachers that I teach quite a bit differently than a lot of Dharma teachers. Not necessarily better, just less meddling. So to come back to the question, I think it was Tanya, uh, it's uh, as we do this out of seeing the entire situation, not just looking at cause and effect. The artificial justice that happens in, in the material world is if you do something wrong, you're punished. If you do something right, you're rewarded. It's just a, a powerful misunderstanding based on hope and fear, based on control, based on wanting happiness and not wanting sadness, even though it's someone else's. Read the first three. <coughs> you should, uh, as a bodhisattva, if you consider yourself on this path, then you should uh, put everyone's happiness before yours. That's not easy. The path to doing that uh, might be full of uh, evidence that you're not able to do it. 
but you still aspire to do that. It's relative bodhicitta, ultimate bodhicitta, the mind of awakening, the mind of the of the uh, bodhisattva, enlightening being. <coughs> so I don't want to get rid of the, the justice. I'm not saying we need to turn away and all be these great spiritual people who don't judge anybody and have, uh, you know, uh, backpacks full of equanimity. I'm not saying to do that. We do it with awareness. So then the, then the uh, if the awareness is uh, is open and on receive, which you hear me say over and over, and if it's on receive, then anything you need to do will come out of the awareness of what is on the move, which may be injustice. As I've sometimes said, if you're walking down the street uh, and you see someone out in the yard beating an animal with a stick, you, you should stop it. You don't need to think about it. It's just, that's just not something you should be doing. Even if the person explains later, well, the dog bit me and I'm just, you know, that's, that's beside the point or that's uh, artificial. So if you're functioning out of the awareness, you might find that you don't know what you're doing. This is dangerous for ego because ego needs to know what it's doing to make sure it doesn't make a fool of himself or herself and make sure that it always does things right. It's a very interesting area. And in order to get any clarity in that area, it seems to be necessary to sit down, hold still and do it a lot. Do it a lot or not or do something else with your life. It's only so long. It's another 10 minutes or another 50 years. Hard to know. As they say, death comes without warning. Train your mind now. Uh, see the imbalance. Seeing the imbalance. See the imbalance and no movement to balance. No movement to do anything with it. Just see the imbalance. You're not that important that you can step into a situation that's out of balance and fix it. Any kind of beingness that comes out of that is separation, separating yourself to try to, even if it's if it solves it for uh, three or four months, you've finally got things balanced. But there, it's going to come back around because you've not looked at the fundamental situation, which is what? Not separate. This holds true for relationships, your own uh, body-mind complex that keeps generating ideas and thoughts and con con conclusions and deep yawns. Question from Andrea in Indiana. Yes. How are, how are the terms unproduced and produced and dependent and independent related? <laughs> So independent would be used as a, uh, an independent stick, an independent hand. And uh, uh, dependent is seeing the, the apparent independent stick, stick and seeing so deeply into, because you've been looking at your mind, into anything that moves, any phenomena to see that it's dependent on. It doesn't have any independence anymore. It is dependently arisen. It has no individuality other than what you uh, blame it for. So it's wood. Someone made it. It came from a tree. At one time, this is inside of a tree somewhere. And then someone carved it. And then I have a hand that holds it up. And unproduced is what this, this is fundamentally, this is unproduced. It's not separate from the mind. It is mine. It is mind only. But it has to be, you can't think your way into uh, awakening. You have to look at what is sleeping. You have to look at the sleep. You have to look at the ignorance, at the grasping, at the projecting. You have to look at those. The first part of the question was what? I think I missed it. 
or don't remember it? Approved, produced, and unproduced, or was it? How are the terms unproduced and produced and dependent and independent related? So dependent and independent I just talked about, and produced and unproduced means that no single thing is produced. And to see that this is unproduced, see that you are unproduced. See, it's different ways of talking about it. When we talk about being kind to someone, there's quite a bit of production going on there. We're deliberately being kind. But as that's why I was picking on the last one, because the first three, um, loving kindness, compassion, empathetic joy, as they're traditionally said. Maitri, Karuna, Mudita, and... The first three you can kind of do, but the last one, you can't do it. You can't actually do it. You, all you do in that one is look at the imbalance. If you can see the imbalance without picking or choosing, not easy because the conventional materialistic approach to that will say, well, you can't do that. You can't do that. You've got to stop that person from doing that. I'm not saying you wouldn't stop them. I'm not saying you wouldn't take a stick out of someone's hand who is beating a, an animal. Or, or another person, or hurting someone, you might. Because you would be operating out of what you see, you'd be part of that. You would not be the good person helping the bad person, or the good person helping the person who is being harmed by the bad person. To actually, you couldn't, the best way to help the bad person, to use that kind of a language, uh, is to meet them in that. And that may take a lot of uh, uh, what's called upaya or skillful means. Upaya can't be, you can't do upaya. You can't even do wisdom, but you can stop separating your, for yourself from wisdom by believing your thoughts and emotions. Pardon me. If you do that, then Buddha nature continues to roll in the apparent form of a living being uh, that other pe people think is separate, who is no longer separate. They may seem even more separate. Their personality may be even stronger because they're no longer worried about how they're, how, what other people think of them. What are they worried about? Not much. What is their intention? Save all beings. Starting with oneself so that you can actually function to serve others, to help others. This can look like, can look like propaganda. And if it does, then uh, that's fine. It can look like whatever whatever people want to project onto it. Is, uh, we don't have to be concerned about, well, I can't say that because of this. That doesn't mean I'm on YouTube. I can start swearing. I'm not going to do that. If I can help it. Kevin Bowie. Yes, Kevin. <clears throat> so, Kazan, what is the difference between meeting somebody in their difficulty and not giving advice or pushing back or whatever and taking the high road or being willing to eat crow so as not to create more conflict based on their confusion? Very good question. And I would say that it's very situational. I mean, there, there you could you could take that and we all, uh, whether we're short story writers or not, we could all sit down and just write lots of different ways that that can show up because it's so variable. And there, are, there, in order to see that clearly, one has to have looked and watched and observed and received the very story-forming uh, uh, ego that is uh, is us, and watch that without doing anything. If you're if you're trying to, uh, Trung Parameche said, uh, "Be genuine." What did he mean? It just took me thirty years to understand what he meant by that. I mean that you don't have to be somebody else. 
you can you can be liberated out of the confusion without abandoning anything, without joining anything, without separating anything. And it's not an accomplishment. It's not even an occurrence. And it, it might have some kind of experiential qualities to it, but not much. So when something arises where you don't want to eat crow, uh, you also, I mean, whatever the directionality is what you need to see. And you need to see, as I say, need, uh, the way it, since you're asking me the question, it's a very, very big picture. It's not just they did this and I should do, should I stop? Should I, should I, shouldn't I? The whole, as soon as anything like should I or shouldn't I comes up, just stop. Let the whole thing drop. Obviously, someone else could come along and say, well, yeah, but you let everything drop, but you should have done this because now they're dead or they're sick or they're, or they got infected with something. You know how the, all the gossip that's going on these days. It's just intense gossip about everything. Very, very confusing. Less is better. Less is better. You're not going to be able to save uh, the universe by some kind of a virtuous thing. More about that, Kevin, if you have it. Go, let's go deeper into that. It's a good one. Is it appropriate, Sokazan, for me to get specific in a situation, or would that be better to do privately with you? I would, leave that, topic? I would leave that up to you. You, you, you could, if, if you're, if it, as long as it doesn't well, well, include somebody else that's outside of this that can't give permission. Well, without getting specific about anybody else's involvement, I was offered a job in a dharma arena in which I felt I needed to say no. And the dharma professional to whom I said no became very angry with me <laughs> and wanted I very simply said no. I was like, thank you, but no thank you. Mm -hmm. And then the feedback I got was, you're destroying blah, blah, blah. You're taking us hostage. You know, there's, there's like a lot of intense emotion that came mm -hmm. from this person who's ostensibly in a power position over me. And as a Dharma person, I wonder, like, I mean, my first approach of just not saying much and keeping it simple actually inflamed the situation. So I, yes. I'm wondering how, when, how to deal with a, a situation like that. I, I think it's on. I think it sounds, per I don't know what your question, you, you, you asked me a question, how to deal with it. I was going to go ahead, but if you have more questions, I'm happy yeah. to wait. No, 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 that's all I had. Bowing. Uh, so I'm going to put myself in the situation. I would say, just look at them. And, and very simply, without any kind of eating crow, just say, uh, you know, you could drop your head slightly because that's communication also and say, I see what you mean. Just receive. Just receive. That, that, that person is too, if they're angry at you for something, <laughs> you know, because you're not letting them control you. Uh, so that's a good reason for people to get upset. And so I would say uh, that whole idea uh if it just didn't smell right to you or taste right or the something about that was just not, didn't it seem like it was too materialistic or something. And yeah, you can, there's other work out there. You don't have to do that. And as far as doing anything with their anger or anything, just receive it. Uh, it might not help right away. They might continue to give you bad press to other people or whomever, but that's their, that is their karmic uh, uh, dispensation that's happening with them. And, and, uh, in the in the big picture, it's not important. It's just a, it's important not to fight with them. Uh, just just let so, yeah. Go ahead. And so, in terms of equanimity, what you're saying is that for me to then try to like explain to them 
what my thinking was no. to help them pacify no. what they thought I thought was no. going on is actually meddling yeah. with their karma. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you're 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 solidifying your own self as knowing something more than they do, and so now you're going to explain. I often say, I think I've even given talks that says that say don't explain. If somebody's confused and you might have a little bit of clarity around what's happening, shut up. Don't invite people to come into that uh, conceptual area because one of these days you're going to run into a, an attorney and they're going to actually turn you around and have you go and uh, start barking like a dog. You know, they'll, uh, don't do it. Just just don't enter it. You know who you are. You have your own sense of integrity or your own sense of appropriateness. You've contemplated the situation. And I'm not it's not about evidence so much. It's just like. Uh, I, I just can't, I'm, I'm speaking for you, but I, said, I just can't do that. And when the person comes because they have ideas about you, they have strong projections about who Kevin is. They think Kevin's a pushover or whatever, or I got him in the bag. And they may, might have even been telling other people, yeah, I got I got Kevin. Yeah, he'll be one of our teachers. He'll, he'll uh, go on and we'll make a lot of money teaching the Dharma or whatever it may be. And I'm not, I don't know the situation, uh, but I'm just saying less is better. Just, just pacify. And, and how do you pacify? You allow the person to rant. They'll run out of steam, especially if you do nothing with it. And even dropping your gaze slightly so that they actually, so that you can, and, and saying, I, I see what you're saying. Yep. I, I'm following you. following. You. And then they might go in and say, well, do you agree with this? No, not necessarily agree with you. I'm just following your, your uh, I'm following what you're saying there. But yeah, you, you don't, don't help them. Uh, don't help them by buying into their uh, circularity and giving them more fuel for their choo-choo train, which is all about them and all about justification, the whole right and wrong idea. Have I said enough? <laughs> yes, but I, I always tune in so you can keep going. <laughs> that, make, that makes sense, and that's clear. I mean, in this particular case, it was an email, so I, I can't really lower my gaze. Yeah. I could maybe say, I really, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Thank you very much. That's, that ends it. Yeah, I've I've received uh, 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 really intense, uh, uh, critical emails myself, and and I don't do anything with it. I mean, not that I'm not even, I'm not invited. I'm just being told that I'm, uh, you know, wrong or incorrect or not teaching the Dharma correctly or something. And I just say, thank you very much. Appreciate your comments. That's it. Even though I'm lying, I don't appreciate their comments. I hate their comments. Comments are stupid. But you don't have to get rid of those feelings. You don't have to do anything with it. Upeksha. Allow you. Be genuine. It's just that if you're genuine, then you don't get into that place where you're covering covering part of your anger up because you'd like to be a really non-angry person. Just ringing a bell with anybody. And then when somebody, when the true tsunami comes along, all this unexamined aggression comes out and wants to murder somebody. Be genuine. Have the emotions. You know, be fearless. That emotion may never, if you're really, if you really dedicate yourself to saving all beings, to putting others before yourself, that emotion may never leave. You may be angry the rest of your life. I certainly am. I didn't get into this because I was uh, looking for uh, some kind of a God realm. <clears throat> so the anger, there's anger can still come and go in this, uh, in this um, mind stream does quite a bit, but there's no, there's nothing separate. So therefore somebody else's mind stream can come, come into your mind stream. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you at all. 
especially when this bot when the body mind drops, then you're really vulnerable. I'm not kidding you. I'm saying it again because I'm I'm not kidding you. I'm letting you know. I haven't been doing this for close to uh, whatever length of time it's been for a long time without getting a little bit of understanding about what I've been looking at. Chip has a question. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, Kevin. You finish your finish yours, uh, Kevin. Then we'll go to Chip. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, just, Kevin. Just to quickly follow up in terms of trying to use this approach as a as a credential, might that show up as well? If I don't say something to them, then they could do this to other people too, and so I've got to like intervene. Bowing. Yeah. You know, if the picture shows up that way, I, you know, I would look at it for a while, but it sounds like there's a little bit of fabrication going on in your part. Uh, not that you're doing that, but I'm saying uh, we we, we want to do something so much. We'll find a reason to do it. We'll find a backup. We'll find, a, you know, the, the, the Constitution and the, the preamble to the Constitution of Kevin. Uh, you know, how I'm going to you know, don't. That's why we observe precepts. We don't follow them. We may have to kill somebody as you've heard me say a couple of times. Anything else, Kevin? No, Bowing, thank you. Thank you. No. Uh, Chip. Chip? Yes. He asks, in your sitting instructions, you say to hold still and just observe that it is about the awareness. What happens when you become engrossed in a storyline for 20 minutes? What do you do? I would assume that I'm not observing when I'm lost in thought. No, there's no such thing as lost in thought. That's a hype. Think all you want. If you're, if you're, if you're listening to me, the only thing I'm saying is hold still. And even holding still, you only have to do it for 30 seconds. Then wiggle. That's the way I teach kids meditation. They, they can't sit still, so I say... You'd be amazed at how an eight-year-old, if you give them instruction where they're at, not laying a trip on them, but meet them where they're at. And I have them hold still for one minute. And then I tell them to wiggle. And they do. They wiggle. They run around the room. They jump up and down. I didn't tell them that, but that's how they interpreted what I said. Uh, some of you were there when we did that over in uh, Kalamazoo. And they wiggle and they run around. that. But if you hit that gong, every one of them uh, just swish by everybody they're back in their on their cushions immediately it's just it's pretty astonishing to see um i don't know a dozen little tiny kids uh, l- uh observe a gong instead of obey it they observe they observe the gong they come back and they sit and then a minute later hit the gong again and they get up and run around some more Meet people where they're at. Meet your own mind where it's at. If your mind is full of a, the story is going, enjoy the story. Don't particularly add on to it, but just just watch the story. It's mind training. So anything that's moving is an object of meditation, and it's going to be different for each person. Some people won't have any story. They're just going to sit there and be absolutely bored to death. Same thing, because you're watching the thoughts about boredom. Anything that's moving. At some point, uh, things don't move so much. Might take a while. But even that is not particularly a goal. Go ahead. A question from Raphael in New York. Raphael. 
it seems so easy to hear spiritual concepts and then believe them to the point that one is creating the experience as opposed to it arising naturally through practice. How can one know if what one is experiencing is authentic? Everything you experience is a lie. Did you hear that? This is coming from a really old man who's been doing this a long time. I don't have any proof. Uh, you could say, well, that sounds kind of fishy. Well, then study under somebody else. But I'm telling you, everything that is an experience is relative truth. Samvriti Satya. It's not something I invented. It's, it's part of the teachings. It's, it's untrue. It's not that working with that, that combination or that collection of concepts or ideas or conclusions that couldn't, not that that wouldn't help you in some way, train your mind to see more clearly what your true identity actually is. Your true identity is not separate. You're not another being as opposed to some other being, not separate. So you might have to watch this and watch that, but just observe. There's no conclusion. If you start to have a, uh, jhana states or any fancy elaborate, come and see me. Uh, Raphael, if you start to think you're enlightened, come and talk to me. I can help you. He has an interview schedule. Okay, get ready. Write down a bunch of notes. <laughs> that should be fun, especially after a question like that. <laughs> Oh, you're bowing. Yes. So if everything is a lie, then what is uh, your teacher's teaching of be genuine? Bowing? Uh, be the lies. Be be the, you have to can't see the lie unless you unless you are that. This this body is a lie because it's impermanent. We're not saying it's a lie like somebody's uh, telling a lie, but it's untrue. It's not ultimately true. This is a spiritual path. It is not a mundane path. If you want mundane paths, there are therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, and all kinds of other paths you can take. And go take them. I'm not against that. But if you want to see reality, uh, then I can tell you. And how do I how do I say that? I say, train your mind. How do you do that? Sit down and look at how untrained you are. The very story that is arising there for was it Raphael. Is, is that is your training ground. The very thing that's arising. It's so simple. And it's very challenging to the self-centeredness. The self-centeredness, our ego mind wants to survive. So when you meet, uh, if you happen to be lucky enough to meet a true teacher, then you're probably in for it from the point of view of ego. Terry Bowling. Yes, Terry. Focus on how do you work with equanimity and impermanence, especially around people or pets that you love? <clears throat> give, them a lot, give them a lot of room. Give them a lot of room. I mean, not don't be artificial about it and don't don't get a credential for I'm just going to give you a lot of space. No, give them room. And that can be uh, physical. <laughs> it can be. Uh, it can be uh, some kind of uh, psychological, uh, like listening to them, ask them when they start to talk to you about things they believe or things that you can see are pretty crazy or confused. Listen, listen to them. You heard me say, uh, listen um, 90% of the time and talk 10. If you want some relationship advice or recommendation, just, just, let's just receive, put it on receive. And, and your ability to receive and uh, is that, that is the, the, if you want to call it a path, that's a path to, uh, Paksha equanimity and just see that seeing that everything is out of balance 
that everything is, you can't, if you join this or if you reject that, if you do anything with it at all, uh, then you you actually tumble back into the very samsara, the very confusion which you were trying to become free of. You will, you will be tied by your beliefs. Your, your greed for something else will tie you in knots and they can do that the rest of your life. You don't have to get rid of the greed. Just look at it. And the, the greed won't, won't last, but don't go after the greed and say, oh, I can't be greedy anymore. Look at the greed. Awareness, awareness, awareness. Further questions? Do you have any? Money about yes. How, how am I genuine when I'm saying to someone, I hate your comments? Sorry, I, I appreciate your comments when I actually hate them. Bowing. <clears throat> You don't, you don't owe them anything, but you, if you're on this path, which I think you are, then you, you, you do whatever you need to fundamentally help them. Uh, maybe you may have to lie to them. It's about observing the lie. Not, this is not the 10 commandments, the 16 precepts of the Bodhisattva, which I know you've studied. You, those, those things are, you don't have any control over that stuff. But you do have, uh, you are in a situation where you can observe what is there and receive it. So when somebody is acting in a hateful way, um, you know, you might not want to say anything at all rather than come in and try to do something and say uh, that I appreciate what you said when actually I hate your guts is what you're thinking. You could you could play with that a little bit and you might find a way of responding that would that would acknowledge the person's presence, acknowledge what they're saying without necessarily agreeing. People are very, very, uh, very sensitive to someone agreeing and disagreeing with them. And you can disagree with somebody just by your body position. I mean, you know, I mean, if, I, if I'm sitting here and you start to talk and I go, how's that going to look? I'm not saying you should do that. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying you should try to create some kind of a anger in someone. But you're, everything about you, the way your head turns, the tilt of your head, the movement of your hands as you're speaking. Be aware. I'm not saying concoct something. I have talked to people who are in prisons who are in danger that if they don't come up with something, someone's going to kill them. I have talked to them about changing their body position to look less threatening to someone who uh, might have a blade. But what you could do is you can back up a little bit and say, let me think about what you're saying. Let me think about that. Rather than agree or or, or, dis, or be disagreeable, uh, have a have a sense of uh, don't take any position. When you don't take any position on something, and someone is trying to get a position out of you, either either they want to either want you to disagree, which they'll fight with, or agree, which then they'll check and see if you really agree, or if you're just saying that to be nice. It's, it gets to be very elaborate, you know. Go go read Shakespeare. This is constant conflict going on that people use to generate. Uh, create things, create stories. But less is better, just less, just less. Just, and then let the energy come from that person's confusion. And then, then you might find that over time, maybe not right away, you might find a way which you can work with that uh, to, in, a, in a more uh, creative way. I mean, it, there's so many things going on that are influencing, affecting, and have something to do. There's not a direct effect. Yeah, direct effect. This is about relative truth. This is about the halls of justice with a blindfolded person with the scales. It's it's not that it doesn't have good intentions. Of course it does. 
but it's but it's a it's incomplete. It's a misunderstanding of the nature of reality. And there's only a few spiritual paths that are really looking at this. Thank you. Sheldon asks, is believing thoughts just thinking about thoughts? Who's asking that? Sheldon. Sheldon. I see you right in the center of the screen, Sheldon. Looks like you have a guitar sitting on your shoulder. Uh, Observing thoughts, it can go any direction. You can believe them. You can disbelieve them. Uh, you can generate more thoughts. The important thing, uh, most important thing that I, the way I teach it is hold still, all the senses open, watch what continues to move and do a lot of it because the first uh, few days, few weeks, few years, few months, a uh, few decades are going to be, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming and going and you just need to watch it because the wisdom mind isn't something you create. It is unproduced. It is uh, uh uh, samadhi. It's it's complete tranquility that has not been produced. That, that you, us, me, you, all of us are avoiding by our being terrorized by this and being totally uh, enamored and enchanted by that. Passion, aggression, and then the other one, if we can't control these, if we can't get what we want or keep away what we don't want, then we ignore. And we can do that. You can do that any uh, this way. Or the blindfold of the on the halls of justice to ignore dependent origination, rather than uh, is what is happening when we pick and choose and say they committed the law, or committed or broke the law. I'm not saying this shouldn't happen. Of course, I'm not just saying we need to throw that out. But we could begin to train our minds to see more deeply into the nature of relative truth than just joining the good stuff and keeping away the bad stuff, which is what most of the world is doing. It's called spiritual materialism. Teresa Bowen. Yes. How does a person that's in psychosis or psychotic gain enough um, sanity to be able to sit and look at their own mind, Bowen? Well, if using that definition, of course, I'm not a, I'm not a knowledgeable about that as, a, as it's traditionally described, but I have a, some kind of an idea. Probably not. Probably not going to be able to do that without a tremendous amount of uh, support or feedback. So probably that might not be to put it uh, uh, in a way that I don't know how helpful, but it might bring up another question from you. This might not be their lifetime to do this. Uh, this might not be the time that the construct is there. You might be noticing them. Uh, and if you're on this, you're probably not describing yourself, but you might be describing somebody that you're uh, worried about or uh, and wondering how can I help them? Uh, the, the the way to, and this is a generalization, it uh, needs to be situational and specific from your point of view and you're sitting in a room with that, that person to see how they're, if you're, if you're looking, at, if you're training your own mind, then if you run into someone else's mind in the form of a living being, uh, you're going to see pretty clearly. I'm sure you all notice how easy it is to see other people's neurosis. Very easy, very difficult to see our own. So I would say just meet them where they're at. That means physically sit there, listen. How's it going? Uh, listen to when they complain or something. Don't don't uh, agree. Don't disagree, and don't ignore, and receive. Just receive the receive the complaint, and and wait and see if there's any if they ask you anything about it. And if they do, make sure that they're not just performing, 
and make sure they really want a response from you. Make them drag it out of you, I often say. Don't share the Dharma with anybody because it's going to be your idea of the Dharma. Don't share it. And on the other hand, if somebody opens up in that direction, by all means. Oh, yeah, I would like to learn how to meditate. You meditate, don't you? Yes. Oh, could you teach me to meditate? Sure. Sure. Go ahead and teach them. End of story. Offer no books. Don't tell them about me or anybody. Just say, yeah, you can. Here's meditate. And then if something does connect there, then they'll let you know how much of a connection they want. So always be uh, ready to receive what's coming rather than try to imagine what's coming and then be disappointed when it doesn't show up. Expectation. Any further? Yes, go ahead, Teresa. Yes, please. Um, Actually, I was kind of thinking of myself somewhat um, more of an in and out of psychosis. And so how could like in my situation, I discern between I'm just batshit crazy and thinking I'm on some spiritual trip Mm -hmm. and I'm actually meditating, bowing. So all of the, all three of those have their uh, their aspect. You could say they're all uh, not none of them are really complete. So uh, keep it very very conventional. Use a schedule. Get to the wall once a day or twice a day. Sit down, hold still, uh, and just observe. And insofar as you can, don't add, subtract, divide anything. Come up with no conclusions, and uh, and always start with a bell. Always end with a bell. Sound. You need to. You're sitting on a cushion. You're facing the wall. Do it the same way every day. And if you miss a day, no big deal. Then come back and and stay with the schedule. And as you're doing now, uh, find a, a sangha, which I think you have in this uh, community, and uh, and find a teacher. Uh, and then and then listen and learn, study together, and go slow. And don't don't be. Uh, uh, don't be hard on yourself if suddenly you can't sit for three days or or you can't do a, a four-hour block sit. It's just too much. Uh, just go slow. Take your time. Be gen- The emotions that come up out of the practice need to be included. It's not about meditating in such a way that you don't have any difficulty. You're starting to look at the raw and rough edges of the ego mind, and that takes, uh, takes some pretty strong forms, one of them being the sitting practice of meditation, uh, the actual practice, and then studying the concepts that have been around for 2,500 years or less, and working with people who have different levels of understanding of this to study this together, talking to the teacher, and continue. Uh, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. Those three are all seem to be necessary. I'm not saying you can't realize your true nature in, in some other way. There's other paths that uh, show up uh, with different constructs different uh, what, algorithms. Every time I say that, I think I'm probably describing something else. Okay, well, we can close then if there's no more questions. Any question? Anna Maria. Go ahead, Anna Maria. So in the same way that you... Um described saying nothing or saying very little thank you very much when someone is attacking and that's yeah. sort of respecting the dignity of their process um alternately 
withholding sometimes can be used as uh, either to protect or manipulate as well. Um, either they don't, they can't understand it, they can't take it, they can't, which seems like another violation of the dignity of their process. So what, what is the, the difference in approaching and working with because it seems like those both scenarios are insult are um, disrespecting someone's intelligence. So it's difficult for me to talk. I mean, if we were talking specifically about specific dynamics, which can be very complicated, as you know, uh, but I would say less is better. Less is better. Stay in your own body. Don't forget your senses. Be 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 genuine and be present in the sense that you you know you have clothes on. You know you're sitting on a chair. Uh, at the same time, you're working with someone else's uh, confusion or maybe uh, finger pointing or or sadness or any of the dynamic that's helping. Uh, less is better and just receive. Uh, even if you're seeing how how crazy they are and how they're how aggressive they're being towards you, uh, if they're not if it doesn't look like they're going to hurt you physically, uh, then you know receive as much as you can without necessarily a, some kind of agreement. Or if you notice that you're going back and uh, the heavy judgment is coming out of you. Get out of the room. If you if you can't control your own finger pointing anger, we're not saying that you're not seeing what is uh, relatively substantial or, or, or relatively real, but fundamentally, we're always pointing a finger at our own aggression. If you see aggression in someone else, you you can't see aggression in someone else without and adding your aggression to it. That's the way it's done. If you actually see what aggression without adding to it, then you see you see the suffering behind it. And 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 uh, wisdom, compassion arises spontaneously, and it's and, it's and it's and it's and it's not and it's not a and it's not a feeling. I'm not talking. Compassion is not a feeling. If you think it's a feeling, you're wrong. Go ahead, Anna Maria. Is is in that situation even saying I need to leave the room because I'm thick with judgment right now, which is not helpful? Is that adding? Is that too much? No, that's getting the hell out of there. No, no. Be genuine. When I say be genuine, there's times when you're going to be ads. Uh, when I say don't do the math, I know you can't help it. I do. I do it all the time. I'm adding to this and thinking about that and uh, judging this or judging that. It's don't do anything with that uh, to extra to take it out of balance to try to be a person who doesn't have that problem. It's uh, takes some time. It takes, uh, but it's equanimity. It is a it is a balance when when you when everything is out of balance, and you include this. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. The activity is to include, but then the the fruition is actually see it's never been separate. The most horrible thing that you've seen, you're not separate from. If you think you are, more suffering, more suffering for you, more suffering for them, and we continue to spin in samsara. And in that situation, let's say I want to work with my judgment in that hot seat. Um, yes. What would be the, I guess it's circumstantial. I, I, I understand that. But if, you, if I want to work and I want to stay with that, I feel like if I leave in those situations that I've abandoned working with judgment in myself, bowing. Is leaving the situation because I feel my judgment going, is is that abandoning the situation and also abandoning the other person in working through that? The way in which you're describing it. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Finish. 
something working through them seeing me all caught up in judgment as well. So it seems like there's an opportunity there. And uh, don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie. You're, you're bullshitting yourself. Don't do it. No, keep it very simple. They do something. You do something. You see that 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 that's coming in you. Be responsible. The ability to respond. It's not blame. It's you actually are able to respond to your own reactive emotions to someone else. And you know enough to it's just there's too much uh, heat. I'm leaving. And you don't have to make any excuses. You could just say, I got to get going. See you later. Just get out of there. Don't don't uh, don't uh, look for any kind of validation for them or for you. No way. Just leave. It'll, it'll it'll come back around. You'll eventually you'll have another communication with them that'll be uh, uh, less uh, what caustic or whatever. But don't try to solve it uh, in the in the midst of uh, that uh, passion or in the midst of that aggression. Regardless of who it belongs, doesn't belong to anybody. Passion doesn't belong to anybody. Wisdom doesn't belong to anybody. Ownership is a big misunderstanding, as is blame. All dharmas are without blame. That's a classical teaching. I didn't invent it. It's just that it looks like that's the case. I don't get credit for being able to do this. Uh, you don't get credit for studying this. None of us get anything. There's no credential involved here at all. Uh, what is there? Uh, hopefully, in so far as we're going to hope for anything, maybe a little bit of sanity. Maybe we could actually uh, calm down and live uh, a sane, uplifted, kind, and respectful life to those beings, especially the ones around us that are never will train their mind and they're just suffering constantly. So leave the room. Are we at the end of the trail? Dedicate the merit at the temple. Dedicate the merit at the temple, if you could, please. We'll follow along. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sanchi Shihu Shisongu Samu The Ten Directions, the Three Worlds, all Buddhas, all Venerable Ones. Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. Bodhisattvas of the ten directions of the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect us over Bodhi, Buddhist temple, monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and kill them.